they were crossing lines that you were uncomfortable with, but you never told them that, so they continued to do it. Exactly. Okay. So Lori just looked at me and was like, nanner, nanner. (laughs) (laughs) Nanner, nanner, nanner. (laughs) You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Hi, David. Hello. What you want to talk about today? I want to talk about this thing you have coming up. What thing? <laughs> what are you talking about? This announcement. Oh, you're going to make me commit by telling the world about it. That way I can't push the date out. How did you guess? <sighs> because, you know... Pre-COVID, this was something that was supposed to have been done earlier. Well, a lot of things have happened. Like what? Like, (laughs) well, we started, uh, I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) All right. So are you going to do it? Are you going to commit to it publicly? Yes. Are you going to commit to it publicly? Because I need your help. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. (laughs) You are not. I am. You got to tell me what you need. Oh, my goodness. All right, we'll talk more after this. Okay. And I'll tell you what I need. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, are y'all ready? Are you ready? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> January the 1st, we are releasing the Stepmom View. And what exactly is the Stepmom View? It's the view from Stepmoms, duh. <laughs> okay, but what is it? It's like, you know, the view on TV and they all give their input. So you're going to have a bunch of women sitting around yapping. Yep. Oh, that sounds exciting. So you're not just sitting around talking, though. You have questions that people submitted and yes. stuff like that, right? So the first segment, and the reason I say the first segment, is we are hoping to continue this with different stepmom coaches. Yeah. Okay. These are stepmoms that have been married more than 10 years. Mm. And they are helping other stepmoms make it in the blend. Awesome. Okay. Who who are these people? The first segment of people, which I guess I should clarify that the first segment of people have been married 10 plus years because we don't know about the second segment yet. (laughs) All right. So the first segment is myself, you know, Lori, the Nacho Kids woman, Laura Petherbridge, the smart stepmom, Melanie Anthony with Stepmoms Alive. Heidi Farrell with Not Just a Stepmom, and Heather Hetchler with Learning to Step. Sweet. Sweet, right. We had so much fun. We had too much fun, really. That's a that's a pretty uh, pretty nice group of coaches. I mean, you know, you walk in the door and you're getting that type of advice from those people. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about this. It has actually been a dream of mine, I guess you would say, hmm. for... Several years. Really? Well, yeah. You know, I was talking to you about, oh, I want to do something like The View, and I want to do the Stepmom View, and it's changed around a couple of times, and I'm back to the Stepmom View. (laughs) Yeah. That'll be interesting. So I'm excited about it. We had people submit questions, and we answered the questions. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you people that don't like long answers. (laughs) (laughs) One question probably takes 15 to 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Depending. Yeah. Because there's five of us. Okay. So, so one question gets each individual person's input. Yes. 
Wow. Well, well, there are questions I think that some of us pleaded the fifth on. <laughs> like, I am not qualified to answer that one. It's one of those, eh, not touching that one. No. Next. Like if somebody asks you about co-parenting? Like, well, like if somebody asks about an I-hours child. Mm-hmm. Yes, you and I can tell people about how to deal with an I-hours child because we've learned through educational purposes and through other people's experiences. Right. But Melanie and Heidi have hours children. Okay. So some of the questions they got into more detail just kind of depended, you know? Mm-hmm. We started off doing kind of the round robin thing. Mm-hmm. And then we decided, no, you know what? Let's just all talk when we want to. Be like Jerry Springer. <laughs> and that's what happened. So that's pretty interesting then. So if I'm a step, I say step mom, but I could be a stepdad too. But if I submitted a question, then. All these amazing people who are stepmom, stepfamily coaches are going to grab that question and give me an answer. That's right. Hmm. That's pretty impressive. Yep. It's better than sliced bread, people. <laughs> All right. So when does it start? January the 1st. Are you sure? I'm sure. All right. So I got to hurry up. We got to record this and I got to get busy. Mm-hmm. You better. You better get to getting. Yeah, better get to getting. <laughs> All right. So we will give you more information on the stepmom view later. All right, cool. So let's talk about our guest today. Who bees it? Our guest today is stepmom Diane. Hello, Diane. Diane has issues setting boundaries. Mm, common problem. Yes. And David went off the chain. <laughs> How did I go off the chain? I can't tell everybody. They'll have to listen. <laughs> They're like, and is there a time he doesn't? <laughs> this was just one of those interviews that you just... It's a good thing I don't have bells on my head because you just hear me shaking my head at David. Why? David. <laughs> just, what? You need to re-listen to what it. What did I do? Does bio mom walk in the front of the car or behind the car? <laughs> I was trying to give good advice. Well, she said that you gave her some ideas to think about. I'm sure I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boundaries are hard for a lot of people to have. They feel like they're being mean or they're being ugly or rude, or whatever. No, no. Put up your boundaries. They are healthy, they are needed, and they are valuable. What's interesting is that people will often not put up boundaries because they think the other person, for example, like you said, might think they're mean or feel that they're dismissive at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, that possibly, yes. But when they do that, the person who's not putting the boundaries up feels miserable about it. And like, so why would why would you allow yourself to be miserable and tormented by something just to save a little bit of face with somebody else? Because some people would rather hurt themselves than to feel like they are hurting others. But putting up boundaries is not hurtful if you do it right. Right. And we gave some examples of what not to do. <laughs> gave some examples of what not to do. Mm-hmm. In this interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. Boundaries are awesome. Honestly, I think people appreciate boundaries, but it it does come down to how it's presented. What's that saying? The only people that get offended by boundaries are those that can no longer take advantage of you? Mm Mm-hmm. I've known a few of those people. I think there's a better saying than that, but that summed it up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's quit talking, David. I got work to do. (laughs) Yeah, you sure do. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into this interview with Diane after a word from our sponsor. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. 
In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle step family challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we have stepmom Diane. Hey, Diane, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. David is here with us, Diane. Mm, watch out. Wonderful to hear. <laughs> you didn't sound very wonderful. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm excited to meet with you both. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Yeah, she's heard you on the podcast. <laughs> she's scared now. So we had a coaching call the other night, and what the lady on the coaching call wanted to know where the davidhaters.com website was. <laughs> Oh. Have you bought that for me yet? No, I'm not getting it for you. All right, then I'm gonna have to pay somebody more for it. So anyway, so let's talk to your talk to your guests. Don't talk to me. Well, you brought it up. <laughs> All right, Diane, David, behave. How long have you been blending? Uh, about eight years now. And how many stepkids, bio kids, hours kids, all that happy stuff? I have four step kids, no bio kids. All of them girls. Uh, oldest ranges from. 18. The youngest is eight right now. And I am a step grandmother as well. Um, and soon to be step grandmother twice over. Wow. Mm. So the oldest is 18. Yes. Wow. Are they still living at home? No, she is out of the home. Okay. Is she getting ready to have a second baby? Yes. Okay. Second one is on the way. Yep. Goodness. Yep. It's been a Fun ride. <laughs> <laughs> we'll peel back that onion. <laughs> <laughs> so when you started blending, yes, that means the girls were 10 and zero. <laughs> well, she's about to turn nine. So she was one. Um, she's about a year old when I met her. Um, and the oldest would have been eight turning nine. Mm. And then I've got two in between those. Uh, the current one is 14, and then there's a 17-year-old as well. Okay. So was the the nine-year-old, eight- or nine-year-old, the challenging one because they were so much older? Yeah, uh, I, I, I think so. She had a lot of like, underlying health issues that I wasn't really able to do much about. And I, I really think that she had a lot of extra responsibility put on her. And so she rebelled pretty hard as soon as she was able to, as soon as the thought occurred. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I was wondering if the the whole having kids that young was part of the, I need to get out of the house and get away from you guys. Possibly. So how often do you have them? Um, They come and go as they please, really. Right now, uh, with the whole COVID pandemic, we're seeing the eight-year-old, she's Got a different mom than the older three, but we see her, we're trying to do every other weekend. Just depends on how the numbers are looking in the areas. But the oldest three jump back and forth between their mom and dad's houses at leisure. So sometimes it's not at all for two weeks because they're spending time with friends or at least pre-pandemic. And uh, they just... When they want to visit, they're over here, they're hanging out because they only live 
like a 10 minute drive down the road. Well, that's good. Yeah. So you deal with two bio moms? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going for you? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I mean, it is, but I'd rather it not. I wish I could just nacho it all completely. <laughs> you can. <laughs> oh, I have tried. So who drags you back into it? My husband, who is lovely, but always seems to need backup. But you do it so much better than he does. Why can't you just take over for him? Oh, see, I'm not going to do that much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about that for a second. What does he drag you into or what does he expect you to do in relation to dealing with the bio moms? Just coordination of things. It's easier. Like if the kids need a ride because right now I'm the one with the vehicle. His is down right now and we're functioning on a one one vehicle for the household. So it depends a lot on my schedule and where the kids are at. You won't let him drive your car? <laughs> well, it depends on what, if, if I have to drive home, if it would just be easier for me to get in touch with, if I'm at work, he, he doesn't have my car. <laughs> right. But I mean, I know this is more complicated than you contacting the bio mom, but he couldn't contact bio mom and say, Diane's going to, come pick up little Susie at 6.30 and let you know, okay, pick her up at 6.30. That way you're not dealing with bio mom. It would be nice, but bio mom is probably just as bad. She loves drama and gossip and tries pulling us all into it and feels the need to update me on everything. So it's a combo of both both parents want to make sure I'm all sorts of filled in. <laughs> hmm. so-, so they're both trying to kill you. smothering yes so even the bio mom is wanting to have pleasantries and conversations with you yeah but it didn't start out that way so i really don't trust her as far as i could throw her right so why don't you put a stop to that so that you know you're like i don't i don't need to have this conversation with you about stuff i mean you can talk about things that you know are mutually beneficial i guess you can say but you know talking about the kids or the or the marriage, or what's going on in each other's house. Could you leave those off the table? Is that an option? I've tried. I usually keep my answers very short and sweet, kind of a, oh, there's a term for this, a stone, gray stone, I think is what you call it. Gray rock method. That's it. Mm -hmm. Just not giving her any kind of reaction at all is the best I can do, and that kind of maintains my own emotional reaction. So I'd rather not deal with her, but I can exchange cordialities when needed. Mm-hmm. I'd just rather not. <laughs> so when you go pick up the stepkid or stepkids yeah. from Bio Moms, mm-hmm. the kids don't just come get in the car and go. Uh, sometimes she comes out to the car. Hmm. And Does she stand in front of it or behind it? <laughs> <laughs> she stands next to it. What doggone it? I'm not easily... <laughs> Easy to just say, hey, I got to go because she obviously knows I'm just going back to my house. (laughs) Just back out of the driveway and say, got to go. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, okay, see you later and start backing up slowly. Yeah. Kind of like you're walking away from a conversation that you're not wanting to have. Or you can grab your stomach and say, I got to go. I got to go poop. (laughs) And then she'll say, well, come in here and poop in my bathroom and I can talk to you while you poop. He was awkward. 
heard that before. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. So I'm curious though, why are you are you just that nice that you don't want to just go, I gotta go. I don't really want to talk to you. Yeah, I struggle with that. Okay. Setting boundaries has always been difficult for me. So not doing has been a very big learning curve. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I can see where, you, you know, some people are just really nice to other people and they don't want to be rude. And But that's when you preface it with, I'm not trying to be ugly. Which which means, <laughs> I'm about to be ugly. Yeah. You say, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be ugly, but I really need to go. I don't have time to hang out right now. Yeah. Can the kids catch up to the car if you just slow down? <laughs> yeah, they just need to learn how to jump in. <laughs> just put a trailer on the back. Y'all jump in real quick. <laughs> Go with like a scooper on the side. Yeah. You know, why don't you get one of those big water guns? And so when she walks out toward the car, it just starts firing water at her. <laughs> Super soaker. <laughs> well, we definitely need to work on uh, you setting boundaries. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's something I'm actively working on. I've been practicing them. I'm in therapy, um, working on myself. I have been for, oh, five of the last eight years. Boundaries have always been very, very difficult for me just due to some of my history that we don't really need to go into, but uh, it really limits my ability to say no to people sometimes. So you're a people pleaser. Uh, very much so. Hmm. That's, that's definitely one way to put it. <laughs> but with you being a people pleaser, do you have resentment because you're stuck in situations? So, for instance, you say, yes, I'll go get the stepkids to help your husband on your way home. And yeah. by a mom wants to chit chat and you end up standing there chit chatting and you don't want to do it, but you do it because you don't want to hurt her feelings. But then when you leave, are you mad at yourself because you wasted 45 minutes chit-chatting with her and you didn't say no? Um, I'm irritated a little bit, but not at myself. I'm irritated at her for taking up so much of my time when what she wanted to tell me could have been said in five minutes, but she decided to rant and rave and weave her way through a million different stories to get to her point for an hour. What if you do this? What if you give people the opportunity but preface the conversation with the deadline. For example, you would say, you know, she's walking to the car and you would say, um, I've got to be out. You know, I've got to leave in five minutes. So you're not saying no. You're not. That's true. You're not being mean. And you're giving her a time limit. And she knows if she's got to say anything to you, she's got to do it in five minutes. And then. And keep looking at your watch. Yeah. And then when five <laughs> minutes rolls around, you've already set the expectation before the conversation even started that you only have five minutes. Yeah, I have begun setting like time limits and saying, look, I've, I've really got to go now, but not as soon as I would like to. I feel like maybe doing it too soon is just rude in general. And if she's if this is a legitimate olive branch, then maybe I'll take it. But I, I can't, you know, test the waters if I completely ignore her as well. OK, so if I asked you. If we live close to each other and I said, Diane, let's go out to eat tomorrow night and you really didn't want to go, would you tell me no? That's a really good question. Or would you come up with a lie to tell me of why you can't go? Oh, she just called you a liar. No, I did not. <laughs> An excuse. There you go. I 
probably would just say I was too tired and needed to rest the next night. Uh, that's generally what I tell most people because I'm an introvert. <laughs> I would call you out on that. I would say, so you know a day before you're going to be tired. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I'm an introvert too. But see, here's my response to people. Maybe. <laughs> and that is not a good response because it's not a yes and it's not a no because I don't want to tell them no, but I don't want to go. I hear that a lot. <laughs> the maybe. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> or if I say no, you hear not right now. <laughs> yeah. But I'll ask you, hey, you want to do this for dinner? Maybe. <laughs> do you want to go somewhere? <laughs> Maybe. You <laughs> Like, come on. But Diane, it causes me stress sometimes when people ask me to do things. Mm-hmm. Because I really don't want to do it, but then I'm stressed because I don't want to tell them no. And I'm not going to lie to them, but I just... It just creates stress sometimes. Do you feel that way too? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's really hard to say no, and but I've, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So your reasoning, if I'm understanding what you said a few minutes ago, your reasoning for wanting to have a conversation with bio mom when she walks out to the car and wastes 45 minutes of your time is that there's a potential there that she's going to have an olive branch and all of a sudden things are going to start going in a better direction. Yes. Okay. So what does she do? She is significantly less high conflict now that she's had the kids live with her for more than just visiting her on weekends. What does it look like to you when, when we say the olive branch and the relationship with her will change. What does that look like to you? Draw me a picture of what you're talking about that looking like. I would just like to interact with her and not feel stressed out. Okay. So you want a relationship with her? Not necessarily. I mean, I could do without. It's not a need. It would have made things so much easier on the kids over the years if she could have been cordial most of the time until just here. I would say the last year and a half or so, she's started being cordial towards us. What about this? What What if it is that if there's an olive branch there and the relationship is better, is it that you feel that you can step back some and then your husband will be more involved because the conflict is down and you can kind of say, all right, I've calmed everything down. It's all yours now. Leave me alone. I try. I feel like he expects a lot out of me, even though he says he doesn't. And I think that's on me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if you're not setting boundaries, there's no boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) You are boundaryless. Yeah. I have just begun setting boundaries with my loved ones. I've had to practice doing it with people not so close to me. That's improving a little bit. And I've just recently begun setting them with with my family and close friends and explaining to them the process that I'm going through learning how to do this. So everybody in your life has overstepped boundaries, it sounds like. No, because she didn't have any. Right. There were lines that were being crossed, but I was doing nothing about it. Right. Because they didn't know there were lines. Right. Well, there are the lines that you can cross that are known and then there are those that are unknown. Like, for example, I don't need somebody to tell me that it's wrong for me to 
try to hit on my best friend's wife. That's a that's extreme. I know it's extreme, but that's what I'm saying is nobody needs to tell me that's a line. Right. I get that. Okay. Well, you said people are people are crossing boundaries they didn't they didn't know they were crossing because they didn't know there were boundaries there. And I'm like, well, not all of them are that way. Some of them are right. just known. And I get that, but I don't think that's and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Diane, that it's not that people were crossing these extreme boundaries. It's just they were crossing lines that you were uncomfortable with, but you never told them that so they continued to do it. Exactly. Okay. So Lord just looked at me and was like, nanner, nanner. <laughs> <laughs> nanner, nanner, nanner. <laughs> no, I get it. Because, you know, for, like, for instance, some people are night owls. So, ju- <laughs> <laughs> so just say that you have a friend that's a night owl that lives, you know, 15, 20 minutes away. And they come to our house at 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my bedtime. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. I don't even know if I'd be awake. (laughs) So I need to let it known that that's a boundary they are crossing with me. Right. That's when I can tell them, say, look, dude, you can't come over here at 10 o'clock at night. It's bedtime. Or I can say, David, you better talk to your buddies because the next time I'm going to pop a cap in them. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of what I had a... I have a friend come over one time. You know the story. <laughs> I do. So he came, and he only comes over maybe two, three, four times a year. So it's it's not like he's over here all the time. And we love him to death. Yeah, and he comes over at I don't know, like six or seven o'clock in the evening. It, it was earlier than that. Was it? It was like four o'clock or something. So like it by like eleven o'clock at night, he's still here, and I'm like thinking to myself, "What are you doing, dude?" <laughs> And I'm and I'm giving David these looks like, you know, you can read my eyes, David. You know I'm going, hello, is I'm, he going to go home? I know. And I'm like, I don't know, Lori, maybe you need to leave the room. Maybe he's got to tell me something. Like, he he just had this, he lingered, which he normally doesn't do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's like he wants to tell me something, and he just won't, he can't bring himself to do it. And he, just, he was here for hours, and I was like, please go home. <laughs> Be like, we love you, but you've overstayed your welcome. Yeah, you've got to go. I don't remember if I finally went to bed. I think you did. But he never did talk to you about anything. No, so. no, he never did. So I was like, maybe he just wanted to play my PlayStation all night. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because he was doing the VR thing. Yeah. <laughs> he was fighting himself or something. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to talk to me. Maybe he just didn't want to go home. <laughs> But boundaries are very important. They're very important for you to have them. They're very important for the bio mom to have them. The stepkids even. They need to see that it's good to set healthy boundaries. Oh, yeah. Oh, I agree. And I I get that it's hard to do it. Because especially being a people pleaser, you feel like putting up boundaries makes you mean. Yeah, I feel it comes off as rude or I fear I'm going to upset somebody. I struggle a lot with anxiety and depression. So it those make it especially hard to be able to set them because I'm always nervous about the consequence of doing so. So are you in your 20s or 30s? I just turned 30 this year okay. <laughs> in my young 30s. Right. So when you get closer How'd you to- know that, David? 
Because once you get closer, like 45 or 50, you don't give a crap about hurting somebody's feelings. <laughs> You'd be like, no, I'm not going out to eat with you. Number one, I don't want to take a shower and I don't want to have to get dressed up to go stand in line to eat and then get home late and be tired and full and overeat and da da da. And they're like, okay, I'll never ask you to go anywhere again. I'm telling you, the, the older I get, the more I look at like my my grandparents and great grandparents and I understand why they were so grumpy. It's not. <laughs> I don't even look at it as grumpy. I look at it as you realize that your happiness is just as important, if not more important, than somebody else's. Yeah, I guess, it, yeah, you're right. It's not grumpy. It's more like I don't have time to put up with crap. Yeah. And I think I I see that in myself, and I see that in Lori, too. I've always been this way. As we get, <laughs> as we get older, you just get, you have less and less tolerance for just stupid stuff. See, you can't even say stupid stuff. Well, what I consider stupid stuff. I got less. To- I got less tolerance for people's invasion of my time. Ah, uh, yeah. That's a, about as good as I can put it. I like that. My, my, that is a good way to put it, Diane. Because think about it. That maybe would help you compartmentalize it, not as you're being mean, but you're setting up the boundary. To not have your time wasted because time is so valuable. Right. Which is another thing you'll realize the older you get. <laughs> because you can. Because we're closer to death and it's scary. <laughs> Every second I'm like, one's gone, one's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do realize that, that time literally is the thing you can't get back. Like, I can lose money and I can get more. I can lose a lot of things. I can lose a car. Some I can weight. lose my house. Yeah, I can lose weight and I definitely find that. Um, but time is just one of those things where the older I get, the more I look at people in my life and I'm like, are they worth investing my time into? Not giving them my time, but investing my time because it has to be important because otherwise I got a lot of things I could be doing with my time. And once that day is gone, it's gone. And so I guess that's why I get so defensive sometimes of people who want to waste my time. If I have somebody who calls like I'm working in my business and, and a, if a vendor calls and tries to interrupt my day to sell me something, it drives me nuts because I'm like, you don't respect me enough to set an appointment for my time. You just think you can just basically kick in my front door. It's their job. They're doing cold calling. I get that. But you're basically kicking in my front door and going, I need your time right now. And that does not work well with me. So... Mm. Um, Remind me never to cold call you, Dave. That's right. <laughs> but but no. Look, but Lori makes a great point, which is look at it as that you're protecting the most valuable resource you have, which is your time. Right. Even if you don't have something to do, because you being an introvert, you need downtime. That's right. how you recharge. If you don't get that downtime, you are going to be one grumpy, stressed out mess. Oh, absolutely. I, I found that out. We uh, used to have the kids full time uh, moved out of the school district and they wanted to stay at, in the school district, which is why they opted to stay with their mom. And then we were able to move back to the region in their district. So they just go back and forth now. So I I went from having them full time all the time, except for every other weekend to having them for, oh, maybe three days and then they're at their mom's for four days and then they're here for two and then they're there for another 
three to five, I've noticed how much I did need that downtime um, because I, I've become a much nicer and more patient and tolerable step parent with having these breaks. Right. But does it stress you out with them not having a constant schedule? Oh, absolutely. It really irks me sometimes because it means I don't know what I'm making for dinner or I don't have enough thought out or I'm going to have to run to the store or how do I feed these mouths that just appeared tonight (laughs) with no notification except, hey, I want to come over. Bring your bag lunch with you. Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking bowl of cereal. You know, it it is frustrating. I think um, I could probably do a top five of blended family issues, and one of those would be dinner or food time. Really? Yeah, because it's either the stepmom's stress because the stepkids come when they're not supposed to or they don't come when they're supposed to. So there's the food preparation part. Either you don't have enough or you're wasting it. Then, in my instance, I hated cooking, so it was stressful in the first place. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I hate cooking. I was going to say, you use that in the past tense. Yeah, I still hate cooking. <laughs> when I would cook and they would complain, that was like stress times a million. And then, and then you don't know if they're going to eat at a friend's house or my, or, or my my parents' house. And, you know, you get all this food cooked and they come home, oh, I just ate. <laughs> and, and then you've got the stepkid that loves macaroni and cheese, but you cannot buy a different shape. Of macaroni. <laughs> I do. I think dinner time is very stressful, and I get it. Does your husband ever cook? Uh, not as much as I'd like him to, usually once or twice a week. That's not too bad. No. That's more than Lori cooks. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. Y'all, I'm about sick of this mess over here, <laughs> David. I got to ask him to do it, but he'll do it if I ask him. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I don't even think I can ask David to cook. <laughs> so what else will he do if you ask him? Like, will he go pick up his own kids? Possibly. I I assume so. But like she said, sometimes it makes more sense for her to pick him up on the way home. Yeah, but maybe it won't. Like, will he get trapped in the driveway for 45 minutes? Oh, does he get trapped? Yes. <laughs> That's why he sends you. I don't blame him. I'd send you too. Well, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Diane, we have a new job description for you. You get to go pick everybody's kids up from the bio moms and chat with them because we none of us want to do that. Mm. Yeah, right. Yep. He's throwing you to the wolves, girl. We need to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> but do they get along okay? Who? Him and bio mom? He hates her. He hates her completely. Um, they don't argue or yell and scream and they can talk nicely, but he hates doing it just as much as I do. But he should have no problem setting boundaries with her. He's just as bad as I am, (laughs) if not worse. (laughs) It was a recipe for disaster to begin with. So it's been a long, hard ride for these eight years. But things have really started coming together here lately. So what what does it look look like for two people who can't set boundaries (laughs) to be in a relationship? That's got to be fun. The sky's the limit. Yeah, that's like, hey, you want to do this? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. We don't do a whole lot. We're both pretty introverted. We like to stay home and chill. And That's because y'all dangerous. You don't need to be out anywhere. (laughs) Why why are they dangerous? 
Because they have no boundaries. Oh, David. They can't even set boundaries for each other and be like, hey, you think I should slap that dude in the back of the head? And they're like, yeah, sure, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not as as exaggerated as that, but... (laughs) Come on, Diane, don't call me out. (laughs) (laughs) How's it feel? (laughs) (laughs) That is interesting, though. But now, does he, he have a problem having boundaries with you? Um. Sometimes I, I would probably anticipate he does, but I don't really ask a lot of him. So it's hard for not really a need for him to set boundaries. The big ones that we have are just making sure he's got his downtime as well. And that's that's the biggest one is just making sure that I respect his downtime and he respects mine. When the stepkids decide they're coming over at the last minute and you don't have enough food prepared or laid out and because you haven't planned on them coming Mm -hmm. if I mean he knows that they're coming as soon as you do right sometimes they text me first it's weird it's like can we come over (laughs) and you're gonna say no because I only laid out four chicken legs (laughs) sometimes they say they'll eat before they come sometimes they say they'll just eat cereal or whatever at 14 and 17 I don't on occasion, I don't care what they're eating, but I need to know ahead of time if they're going to be there like consecutive days in a row. That was kind of the point I was getting to is it's probably stressing you out more that you're not fixing enough food for everybody when the stepkids are like, I'm fine eating Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, it stresses me out more than it does them, I think. And you don't know what days you can run around naked. David. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know if you want him to repeat that, Diane. I said, you don't know what days you can run around your house naked because you don't know who's going to show up. Oh, my goodness. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, now we know where the struggle is. I'm going to start putting bells on my head. So when I shake my head <laughs> at David, y'all will hear the bells going ding, 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 ding. Well, then that's all they'll hear. I know. Okay. <laughs> Do you and the stepkids get along pretty well? I get along with two of the the middle two really, really well. And the eight-year-old's coming up on that. Well, she's got a preteen attitude already. So I'm waiting to see what happens there. But we've we've plateaued at a place where she, she at least, if I need her to do something and she wants to spend time with me, we do. It's not a lot, though. But the 18-year-old and I do not get along. I've cut all ties with her. She's somebody who I've had to set major boundaries with. And it's been super hard. I've I've had a lot of guilt. So she obviously did something to where you felt like you had no choice but to set boundaries. Oh my goodness. Yes. It's been, she uh, manipulative, lies, steals, uh, physically assaults her sisters Mm. when she gets angry. I would say over the course of a four-year period where she was living with us full time, she probably stole over $3,000 worth of items and money from me. Goodness. So what was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back with you? She was staying with us for a brief time while she was trying to get on her feet uh, after having a baby at a really early age. And she's, basically bounces back and forth between households depending on who she's mad at at the time 
I had her sign a contract uh, when she moved in with us about how she would behave. And while living with me, she used my computer and stole her mother's credit card information and ordered a bunch of stuff and had it shipped here to my house. And when she feigned innocence, I just called her out on it and said I knew it was her and it's on its way. And I have the evidence because it's on my computer. And she's told everybody that I called her a thief and a liar. And I just told her I didn't trust her anymore because it's been, I mean, eight years of this nonstop with her. So. Yeah, but she is a thief and a liar. So you weren't lying. No, I wasn't. But that's what she wanted to tell everybody else. What did my mom say about her using her credit card? My baby would never. She didn't care. She didn't care. Hmm. You just wanted the money back. So how has this played out with her having um, a kid? So now now your husband has grandkids. Uh, does he get to see him at all? Grandkid. And then the other one's on the way. Okay. He comes over when I'm at work. Oh. I told him, but she's not allowed to, like, that's something I told him he had to put his foot down about was, uh, she can't be over here if nobody else is here. No. Oh, it, was he okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. Cause she's done the same thing to him that she's done to the rest of her family. Hmm. I'd say she had to be handcuffed to him so she couldn't go into a different room and steal something. Oh yeah. That's how I feel, but that'll never happen. Well, I'm glad that you didn't tell him that she's never welcoming your home because we see that a lot in the Facebook group, especially where they're like, oh, no, that child's not allowed here. I have only cut off contact until she starts treating her immediate family decently. And when I see that her sisters are no longer being threatened and assaulted, seeing that she treats people with kindness and decency, then maybe we can have that relationship again. But until that time, there's, we can't, there's no way it causes too much stress. She just yells and screams and causes drama. It hasn't been easy. So you don't see the baby. I do not know. Not anymore. How does it make you feel though? It sucks. Really? It does. And I hope that one day her mom can turn it around and get her head on her shoulders and I'll be able to have a relationship with, as the only kid I'm the only closest thing to a grandkid I'll ever have because I'm not going to have any bio kids myself. Right. Yeah. But you've got three more girls that can have babies too. Three more step kids. Oh yeah. 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 But it's still, it is sad. It is sad. It's, it's been an unfortunate turn of events, but her behaviors have been to the extreme and I, I can't condone the way she's been acting any longer. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, the fact that she's, so young, she's 18, that at some point she'll, I guess, for lack of a better term, grow up. Right. At, you know, once she's in her 20s, her frontal lobe will fully develop and she'll have a little <laughs> more impulse control. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I swear, though, I think nowadays the frontal lobe didn't fully develop until you're 30. Oh, wait a minute. You're 30. <laughs> that was not intended. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, that's not funny, David. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you though, you wait when you, when you hit, okay. So you're just, you just turned 30. You look right. back on your twenties and you're like, dude, I was so stupid. When you hit your, oh my God, when you hit so 40 though, you do the same thing. You look back and go, I was so stupid in thirties. And it's like every decade you look back and you're like, I was so stupid. So I can't quit looking it. back. 
<laughs> I'm just saying that at 30, she's thinking 20, you know, the 20 year olds are kind of mm-hmm. stupid and, and I was stupid at that age. Uh, and then, you know, even right now, when you hit 40, you're going to look back and 30, I was so stupid at 30. <laughs> well, how old is your husband? He's 37. I was going to say there's got to be a pretty decent age gap between you. Yeah. Seven years. Mm-hmm. Because you're really close. I didn't even pick up on it until... David said, or you said, when she gets in her 20s, and I'm thinking, well, stepmom just got out of her 20s. <laughs> yeah, so you're only 12 years older than his daughter. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, their stepdad's younger than me, even. I wonder if that plays into how she treats you. Like, there's close enough of age. Does she look at you as being competitive in any way with her time with her dad? I don't know. I think she feels probably like, he picked her or picked me over her or something like that. But I mean, that was never the case. She never voiced any opposition except through defiant behaviors. You know, a lot of times we see where the stepmom and just say the stepdaughter are fairly close in age. We'll say there's a probability they could be sisters by their age Mm. difference. And it goes one way or the other, either they're like best friends and it's awesome or it's complete don't want anything to do with each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know how much that age plays into it. I know it plays a lot into it because, you know, if you've got a stepmom that's 40 and you're 18, that 40-year-old is going to think a lot differently than mm-hmm. definitely a 30-year-old. And you're just, um, I don't know how to phrase this without making it sound bad that you're 30. <laughs> Go ahead. I already, I already <laughs> insulted her. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the title of this is going to be Lori and David Insult Their Guests. <laughs> um, you do mature so much as you age. And oh, yeah. the 25-year-old stepmom to the 12, 13-year-old stepdaughter, they can go shopping for makeup together and buy the same kind of clothes almost. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Because the next one's, what, 14, you said? 17. 17, 14, and 8. And you don't have issues with the 17-year-old? Nope. She's just fine with me. We're really close. Um, She tells me everything uh, with no issue. Um, She loves to blabber to me about her whole day. I'm the 14-year-old I get along, which is great. She doesn't blabber as much, but that's because she's Kind of like me and her dad and more on the introverted side. Um, the 17-year-old's a very much an extrovert. Um, and then there's the 8-year-old who we only have every other weekend. Okay, so the youngest you only have every other weekend. Right. And what's your relationship with that bio mom? Um, About the same, rocky but cordial. Does she keep you in the driveway? She keeps my husband there when we go for pickup. Oh, <laughs> how do you feel about that? She don't care. I don't care because I'm playing on my phone. <laughs> oh, you're with him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I stay in the car and keep the windows rolled up. So you can you can set a boundary with her then a little bit. It's more if it's been not an interaction at all. Like neither one of us has made a movement to interact with her. Yeah, so she doesn't come to the car. No. I mean, we pull up next to her, but that's it. Um, I stay in the car and... Just listen to the music and play on my phone. Right. 
So the younger stepkid, y'all meet the bio mom to pick her up. Right. And then the other three stepkids, you pick them up at the bio mom's house. Right. Does she ever drop them off at your house? Yeah, sometimes. And sometimes she picks them up from our house as well. Um, It just depends on if I've taken the medication that helps me sleep or who's able to drive at that moment, who's got the car and which parents available. Does she want to have those conversations when she comes to your house? I don't know, probably, but she never comes up to the door. She just stays out in the driveway because we listen for her because she'll, she'll tell us when she's on the way. Okay. So I always just stay inside. She never comes up on the porch. Sometimes she does, but I hide and make my husband deal with it. <laughs> See, you are better at drawing boundaries than you think you are. I, this is just recent development. <laughs> this has not been the whole eight years. This has been probably more like the last three months or so of just being able to practice putting these into work. Right. That's good. Does bio mom, either bio mom, are they in another relationship? Both bio moms are in serious relationships. The bio mom to the older three just got married last summer and the other bio mom has been been in a steady relationship for the same amount of time that my husband and I have been together. So what changed with the three-step kid bio mom in the last year and a half? Do you think it's because she was planning on getting married and get, got married? I don't know. It could be. Maybe marriage made her a nicer person. Maybe being a grandparent made her a nicer person. I don't know. I've been racking my brain trying to figure out what changed so I can figure out if I can trust her or not. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> she might have got saved. Still, no. And, you know, I know that sounded kind (laughs) of abrupt, but it's hard for me to understand when the bio mom and the stepmom want to be friends. And I say that there's a difference between being cordial and being friends, because the last thing I would want to do is talk to David's ex in the first place. Much less talk about her feel like she can tell me about things that happened between them when they were married or. Or if you complained about me, she'd be like, oh, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. I see. I don't want to be her friend. I don't want that to happen at all. So she doesn't try to talk to you about stuff like that. It's just kind of. No, it's just all updates on the kids or the drama that the oldest one has been causing or this, that, and the other when I'm trying to separate myself from all the drama. It's not rude for you to say, maybe you should talk to DH or dear husband. Maybe you should talk to whatever your husband's name is. We're going to call him Clyde. Say, maybe you should talk to Clyde about this because it stresses me out when we talk about it. Yeah. And, And that's a nice way of saying, shut up. Don't talk to me about this. Yeah. Just look at her and go, all I hear you say is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you could glue your window shut. Like, I'd love to talk to you. I can't roll my window <laughs> then down. Then she might come sit in the car. Oh, no. oh my word. I'd hope not. Oh, well, you can drive off by the time she gets around to the other side, though. There we go. <laughs> if she walks around, she has to get in front or behind the car. David. <laughs> <laughs> 
But and, no, I would never say to tell her, shut up. You know, I don't want to hear that stuff. But really, the boundaries are not to hurt other people. They're to protect you. Mm-hmm. So if her talking about the oldest stepdaughter, considering the relationship that you don't have with the oldest stepdaughter, if it causes you stress, then it is not in any way, shape, or form being rude to her to ask her not to talk with you about those things. Mm-hmm. When you are put in these situations, tell yourself, I do have control over this, and I don't have to stay here and listen to her talk. I can end this conversation in a nice way. Yeah. And I mean, if she gets mad because you won't talk to her for more than 10 minutes, then, I mean, come on. She's not going to, she's just looking for something to get mad at you about. I got the solution. Oh, Lord. Every time you go to get the kids, stop by the grocery store and buy a gallon of ice cream. (laughs) Because you got to get back home before this ice cream melts. Oh, that's true. She probably wouldn't care. (laughs) No, but you would. Hey, that's true. You'll be like, I got to go. This ice cream's melting all in my car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matter of fact, get an ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I mean, I know that sounds stupid what David just said, but think about it. What do you mean stupid? Really, if you had <laughs> if you had went to the grocery store and bought ice cream and some other frozen things, you wouldn't want to sit out in the car for 45 minutes and talk to her. You don't want to do that anyway, but... You would not feel as bad about it if you said, I've got to go because my stuff is defrosting in my trunk. Yeah, you have a reason instead of an excuse. Right. Right. There you go. That's pretty good. Get some Rocky Road ice cream from me. (laughs) There we go. She's like, I am not going to the grocery store to get ice cream. If it saved you from 45 minutes of hell, I'd buy ice cream. But she might hate the grocery store. I don't like the grocery store. Well, stop by the convenience store. (laughs) Just get you some Hagen Dazs. But your husband be like, how are you spending $600 a month on ice cream? <laughs> well, if you go pick the kids up, I wouldn't have to buy no ice cream. Right. It's your reason why I gained all this weight, too. <laughs> Would you feel bad for telling somebody, I'm sorry, but I've got to go because I've got ice cream in my car that's melting? I w- it wouldn't feel as bad. I'd probably still feel a twinge of, like, a-, a twinge of guilt, maybe, that I can't help them out anymore or finish the conversation. Well, when you feel guilty, just eat that bowl of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But also, with you being an introvert and her talking to you for so long, it drains you. Absolutely does. So when you get home, you're more likely to be on edge and grumpy and tired. So you're not having the best time with your stepkids or your husband as you would if you would tell her, look, I've got five minutes, you know, tell me what you need to tell me. I got to go. Mm-hmm. And and you definitely can come up with a way to say that without it coming across as being rude. Right. When she starts talking, if you don't want to do it straight off the bat because you think that's rude, then when she starts talking, say, you know, I'm not trying to rush you, but I do need to leave in five minutes. So I want to make sure that we talk about everything you want to talk about. Right. Like get to the point, lady. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, yes. Do the kids not sit there and be like, come on? They do. She just listen to them or care. Buy you one of those heat guns, <laughs> put it up under the car, pointing it out. So she's standing there talking to you. It's burning them legs up. <laughs> Look, this is a problem we can fix. I know we can. 
<laughs> between ice cream and heat guns and super soakers, we'll fix this problem. <laughs> I feel like we might be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> or just slip her note and said, says the nacho people say I can't talk to you. <laughs> hey, that's what it is. You slip her note and go, somebody's watching me. I got to go. <laughs> then she'll be paranoid <laughs> and she'll be like, you can't stay here because people are watching you. That means they're watching me. Yeah. And then she'll be all paranoid. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody might be trying to stalk you and, and gun you down in my driveway. You got to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would do. <laughs> then I'd buy some fireworks and throw them out back. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> now, does Bio Mom talk to your husband any other time, like via text or anything like that? Or does she wait for pickups to tell what needs to be told? Uh, they text. Not a lot. He doesn't go out of his way to text her, but she'll text him sometimes. Because I wonder if she's repeating things that she's already told him or if she's just saving it all up for when you come hang out in the driveway. Oh, I don't know. Do you get mad at your husband when you have to go pick up the stepkids and she's talking, or are you able to keep that anger at this by a mom because she's flapping off at the jaws? Oh, I'm mostly just irritated at her. I do occasionally have irritation towards my husband because I do a lot around here. And I feel like it goes unappreciated sometimes, but that's something we're working on. If you have trouble setting boundaries, you probably also have trouble asking for help. Oh, absolutely. I do indeed. So do you, you do feel like you've made progress in the last year or so with setting your boundaries? Oh, absolutely. I've, I've come a very, very long way from having none at all to being able to cut out oh quite a bit of stress in my life you want to enjoy your life yep and if you don't pull out a bio mom's driveway feeling good about the conversation then something's got to give right because Mm -hmm. you know you've said you've dealt with depression and anxiety stress will kill you right yeah not only did you have to suffer through the 45 minutes but how many hours after that has it affected you Mm-hmm. Oh, countless. Right. Yeah, because it plants those negative seeds back in your head to where you're thinking about the issues you have with the stepdaughter. You think about that time she stole whatever from you, and it just fires you back up, and it spirals. And the next thing you know, you're mad at everybody, and you just want to go crawl into bed and go to sleep and hope you don't dream about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's uh, right on the nose. Diane, I feel like we should give you homework. <laughs> like, text me the next time you're on the way to pick. Oh, I just thought of something. Oh, Lordy. Get on the phone with somebody. Yes. <laughs> text me or Facebook message me the next time you're going to pick the kids up from Bio Mom, and I'll call you five minutes later. Oh, yes. And you just say, I got to go. It's simple. I think you can actually set your phone to do that. There's an app. Well, no, we don't want to lie. It's not a lie. It is a lie. There's an app, and it'll call you at whatever time interval you want it to. And so you can just have it set, and then all of a sudden you're talking to her, and your phone starts ringing like, oh, i got to get okay, this. Okay, but then she answers it, and it's nobody. Nobody knows that? It's a lie. You just pick up the phone, and you go, hello. Don't listen to David. He's trying to get you to lie. And then you look at her and go, I'm sorry, I need to go. You didn't say anybody was there? David. 
is still lying. Don't you think, Diane? And my ice cream's melting. On the line there. See, some people have morals, David. I didn't say lie. All she did, but was, it's lying. All she did was say hello, and then I gotta go. She didn't say anything like somebody's on the line. I gotta go. But see, she could text me or PM me or somebody else and say, "You ain't gonna answer the phone. You don't answer my call." Would you hush <laughs> and say, "I'm on the way to pick up by him, pick up the kids." <laughs> you know, it takes me ten minutes, so call me in fifteen. So that gives you five minutes of conversation. Yeah, and then you call her. And, she, and I call, and she says, hello. And I say, Diane, I need to talk to you. And then you and know you what Diane's going to say? You, she says, okay, hang on a second. Bio mom, I'm really sorry, but I need to take this. No. And then bio mom goes, oh, okay, have a good night. Oh, and you back not, out of the driveway, and you say, okay, bye, Lori. <laughs> oh, that's not lying. Nope, it's not lying. That's not lying. Nope, it's okay. not lying. So, I think I'd have some kids busting up laughing, though. <laughs> Well, we could talk for a minute. I mean, you know. No, what Diane's going to do is be like, I'm sorry, Lori, this is a bad time. <laughs> and you're going to be like, what just happened here? Be like, she she won't put that boundary up. And she's like, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. <laughs> like, See, you should have had the phone ring and nobody be there. No, she won't even answer. She'll be like, decline, decline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She'll be blocked. I'm going to block Lori. She won't leave me alone. Mm-hmm. I got to put up some boundaries for Lori because she won't quit calling me. But you know what? In all seriousness, while I'm thinking about that, your husband could call you. Yeah. I mean, you are picking up his kids for him to save him from having to go through the 45-minute telethon with Bio Mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell him to pull one for the team. Call me at such and such time. He's like, I don't want them kids home no faster. (laughs) I'm enjoying my downtime. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you know, Dave and I can come up with all kind of crazy stuff, so I'll probably send you a Facebook message later with some more crazy stuff we thought of. Well, if it gets cold in your area and the driveway ice is up. It gets cold in our area. All right, take you a five-gallon bucket of water and pour it beside your car (laughs) and watch watch Bio Mom slide down. (laughs) (laughs) And then by the time she gets up, you've been in the left, (laughs) you had the driveway and you're gone. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm picturing this and... It's it's quite a enjoyable scene. <laughs> See, and that's funny because I'm not a very visual person, but I'm picturing you trying to ride in the car with a five-gallon bucket of water, lift it up from the passenger seat. You know, I assume it's sitting in the passenger floorboard. You're in the driver's seat. You're trying to lift a five-gallon bucket of water. This just would not go well. Yeah, but before you, the kids come out, you just grab your bucket of water, you, you throw it out. On the ground, it's still wet at that point. By the time they come out and she's trying to stand there and talk to you. She just starts slowly sliding. She, yeah, she can't stand there. She grabs a hold to the car, trying not to slide as you're backing up. <laughs> and you're like, I can't stop the car. It's sliding too. You know, <laughs> you better let go. My ice cream's still melting. <laughs> oh, Lord, help. Okay, Diane. I think we solved the problem. <laughs> I think we had a breakthrough tonight, Diane. I feel good about this. <laughs> People going to go, don't join that Nacho Kids Academy. You hear what kind of crap they told that woman to do. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, if you try it, it'll work. <laughs> hey, I know the ice cream thing would work, and you wouldn't be lying because it'd be melting. Even yeah. if it's cold there, Lori, you'll have the heater on in the car. I, get, I figured it out. Lori wants you to call her because you have ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, 
I don't mm-hmm. like ice cream. I didn't get these COVID cheeks by just sitting here eating celery. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. All right. We got to let Diane go because she's got to rest yep. after talking to us. I know. Because I need to rest after talking to us. We're drawing some boundaries. <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Diane, we really appreciate you being a guest on the podcast. I appreciate your time. Thank you. And we have no doubt that the next time we talk to you, you will be like, Boundary booting mama or something. Help me Hopefully. think of something. You'll be, you be boundaryful. Yeah, you'll be boundaryful. <laughs> there we go. You'll be teaching other people how to have boundaries. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Yep. Think positive. You will. Yes. You will. Yep. Well, it was good talking to you. And stay in touch. Like, let us know how all that stuff works out. And we hope to hear back from you about which trick worked. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, David. <laughs> yes. We see this a lot where the stepmoms struggle with trying to have decent relationships with the bio mom. Right. We also see where the bio dad, we'll say, or one of the bio parents gets the step parent to do the dirty work. Yeah, because they don't want to. Yeah. So all you people in the house that your significant other is making you all stressed out by you having to deal with the other bio parent because they don't want to throw that crap back on their lap, girl (laughs) or boy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know there are some people because we talk about this, you know, often with people in the academy, you have to decide whether or not this is something that you should be doing or should not be doing. In most cases, you should not be doing it, but there com- there is a time where maybe it is best that you become that buffer. But in most cases, especially when people come to us, by that time, they're like, look, I don't want to deal with high conflict bio mom. Somehow I got thrown into this and this is causing me all types of stress and pain. And we're like, why are you doing it? So, you know, ask yourself that question. Right. And remember, we do teach the Nacho Kids method and Part of that method is identifying your triggers and figuring out what's causing you stress. Yep. Okay. So if it's causing you stress to deal with the bio mom and it causes your significant other stress to deal with the bio mom, hmm, whose baggage is the bio mom? The other person. That's right. But I mean, I know why it happens because why wouldn't you do it? You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, I don't want to deal with her. (laughs) <laughs> she hates my guts. I've got somebody else who could possibly deal with her for me, and we don't have to deal with each other. Well, in some relationships, that works out great. Mm-hmm. Like the stepmom and the bio mom end up getting along, and everything's hunky dory, well, and it's, it's fine, and that's great. Yeah, but sometimes it's not even a matter of like I didn't care if you and my ex got along. I just didn't want to deal with her, and it, I didn't expect y'all to get along. But as long as you weren't fighting her. I didn't care. You never expected me to take over your interactions with her. No. Now, I would have loved for you to take over the interactions between me and my ex, but... And, you, and you've never asked me to. Because I knew it wasn't your responsibility. That's right. It was mine. Yeah. Now, granted, I've never, I've never dealt with him directly, but I have helped you in formulating responses to him sometimes. <laughs> More like, don't worry about all that. Just reply, okay. <laughs> and it's funny because 
you would do the same thing I would do, but you would tell me, just put okay. You don't have to reply to all that crap. Look, I know. It, go, it goes back to the whole thing about, you know, I will tell or people will tell you to do something that they won't do. It's mm-hmm. like, my advice is for you, but I can't take my own advice. It's called being a hypocrite. Yeah, that's a bad way to put it. <laughs> but yeah, I would do that. I'd be like, you should just say okay in your reply. But then, you know, when I got some scathing email from my ex, I would not take that advice. Well, I finally did. I finally come to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take my own advice. Well, we both finally did because we realized how much time we were spending on formulating the perfect response for them to just bash us further. Well, it wasn't even that. It was like you had to, (laughs) well, me, for me, I had to like categorically defend every single thing that she put into an email. Well, I was doing the same thing. And I was like, at some point, and it took a while, unfortunately, at some point I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I trying to defend this these ludicrous claims that she feels? She's not going to change her mind how she feels, so why do I care? Right. And that's the point you have to come to is they're going to think what they want. Don't waste your energy. You know what? Don't spend precious time away from your kids because you're sending an email or responding to an email from the ex and you're trying to formulate it properly and it takes you two hours. Mm -hmm. That's what stresses you out. Two hours, that was a minimum. In hindsight, you will regret spending that much time to respond to a ridiculous email Mm -hmm. than spending time with your kids. Mm -hmm. Now, there are times that you do need to respond to emails. When it comes to school stuff, doctor's appointments, medical things, you know, things of that nature. Just respond to everything as if it is going to be documentation for your court case. As it may. (laughs) Because it probably will show up in court. Exactly. Be direct, short, sweet, and to the point. Mm -hmm. Yep. And if it has nothing to do with the kids. Don't address it. Then, yeah. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Right. Don't get into the arguing back and forth or, you know. She's like, I think you should have. Okay. Well. uh, Don't even respond to that. I don't care what you think. Don't care what you think. Yep. (laughs) Or if she says, you need to be feeding the kids healthier meals when they're with you, blah, 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 blah. Don't respond to that. Just don't respond. Yep. All right, that's enough of that. I got to go. I got work to do. All right, move right along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so join us next time when David (laughs) says. I sure hope you get this stepmom view thing going because this, you got like a week left. No, don't. (laughs) No, you're stressing me out. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah, keep your fingers crossed. I got a lot to do. All right, so join us next week when we release a new episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. And remember, life is good when you nacho. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.